Incoming chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome one more time to Incoming Chat, the H2H business communication podcast by Live Chat. If you are enjoying some of our videos, just make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. And I'm glad you're here today because I brought not just a friend, but also a mentor, someone that I learned a lot from when I was starting my journey through sales and how to sell not only products, but yourself. So without further ado, Mr. Nick Caposi, welcome to the show. Marcos, what's up, man? How you doing? Long time, my friend. Long, long time, time, long time, man. Well, with Nick, just um, just so you guys know, we work um, in the cruise industry together. When uh, he was in charge of a lot of the revenue areas and um, huge brands, Jesus, I mean, we 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 touched the, the whole luxury world with our hands. We were selling crazy, crazy products. But I'm going to let Nick tell us a little bit about his background, and then we're going to jump straight into sales because, like I told Nick before, I didn't prepare any questions because I just want to ask him naturally from all the stuff that he has to say. Nick, well, what you been doing you, the you last few have, years? You and I have a long history of riffing, buddy. No. So I, I think we're going to be fine. <laughs> um, so I, I actually came up in, in radio and television, and it's relevant because a lot of what I've done over the years revolves around video and selling with video. And uh, it was interesting because one day after I was working in radio and TV, someone said to me, can you do that radio thing on a stage? Next thing I know, I step onto a cruise ship in Miami years, years ago, like 20, 22 years ago. And what we did, Marcos, was we were live presenters. We would pitch in front of 500 people at a time, all the duty free. Right, 60 products in 60 minutes. And when you think duty-free, you're thinking liquor, tobacco, and you're right. But it was really Swiss watches and jewelry. So it was really exciting because we were representing these huge brands. You know, you talk luxury goods, Marcos, but we were. We were representing some of like the biggest watch brands, some of the biggest Swiss watch families in the world, just as an example. And what was interesting was all this live sta stage presenting, this like 20,000 hours of speaking to 500 people at a time allows you to sell in a much different way because when you have a captive audience and you're reading their body language, changes the dynamic. So that's where all that's where the background came from. And then when I left the cruise industry, um, I got into selling with video and I realized that so few people and companies were actually out there selling using video and not just prospecting, but everything through the entire sales cycle. So that's what I do now. I work with a lot of uh, sales teams uh, to help them, you know, really get an advantage in the market by selling using video. Because you, ha you have your own um, sales strategy company, right? So you, you grab the teams and help them not only to put video together, but just help them get their persona out, like the sales persona. So, and that's that's all, yes, you're 100% right, Marco. So the, the overarching umbrella is that, okay, it's selling with video, but then how do you really get granular with that, right? How do you make it so that you stand out in the crowd? Because when people first started using video a couple of years ago, Marcos, they'd have like a whiteboard and say, hey, Marcos, right? So this was <laughs> a new thing, and but it would catch your attention. Wow, they made a personalized video for me? That's amazing. But as it evolved, right? That's not as uh, not as much as a trigger anymore. So how can you be creative? How can you get someone's attention? That's what it comes down to. And yeah, and then when we when I actually get in, I'm working with a company. We get into you know your personal branding, your setup, your talk track, tempo, all those things. But that's what it comes down to. How do you get in front of the right people and get them excited to talk to you? 
And I love I love that you had ringing video up because I mean we we started making video because of that reason. I mean it's, it's the easiest way to connect with people. I mean we're right now we're talking. Yeah. I don't know how many people will download this podcast or will watch the video later. A lot, uh, probably a lot. But is is the fact that you're connecting with people like that because they get to connect with you, with your face, with your attitude. And I'm glad you mentioned the whole fact of um, this persona on the stage because. When I met Nick, uh, that was my first time trying to do that job uh, that Nick does so well. And I froze. I remember like my, my first time in front of everybody, it was just a training group and I froze. I couldn't do it. I was like, oh crap, I can't do this. I, I, I was really freaking out. And I remember one, um, one advice that Nick gave me, like he took me to the side and said, dude, when you come from a place of knowledge, people will listen. So know your stuff and they will listen. Don't worry about the rest. And I want to dig in into that advice because that really changed the way I approach to everything now. I mean, I'm not going to talk if I don't know, <laughs> but if I know, you'll listen because I have stuff to say. Like, how do you bring that into video? How do you make that connection? Because we were doing it live, right? But the connection of knowing and letting people know that you know. So that's a great question and I'm glad you asked it. And what was interesting, I'll go back to that time because... I had been doing this job for years and I took a break and I came back. So I went through a new training and that's where you and I met. And I remember you freezing that day. But what you probably don't remember was I also froze that day. That day I came back and I'm like, I know this stuff. No problem. I'll get up there and I'll just, I'll wing it. Right. I'll make it look good. No problem. And what did I do? I froze. Right. Years in the business and I froze. So what I did was I said, well, tomorrow I'm not going to freeze again. So what I did was I took the scripting and I memorized it up, down, left, right. And I went up where everyone was still nervous and had, everyone froze the first day. But the next day, because I had the script so tight because I knew what I was talking about, people were like, wow, they weren't even listening anymore to what the message was. They were falling into the captivation of someone standing and presenting live in front of them. And... To circle back to your question, what it all comes down to is if you want to be an authority, talk about what you know. Talk from a place of knowledge. And when people say to me, okay, Nick, I know about whatever. I know about how to make amazing popsicles. Okay, great. Talk about popsicles for 30 minutes. If you know it, talk for 30 minutes. Open up a Word document and click Dictate. What's going to happen if you talk for half an hour, Marcos, you're going to get like eight pages of single space <laughs> copy. You're going to have 40 thoughts in there, right? Each one is an independent thought. Each one is an independent post or conversation or whatever content you're trying to create. But the point is, is that you know something, whether it's popsicles or sales or cars or, you know, the best beers in Europe. I don't know, but you know something. And if you talk about that, you're going to talk from a place of knowledge. You're going to be credible. And you're going to be engaging. How, how you break uh, this to companies? Because you um, you not only work with people, you work with companies trying to get them to use right. the power of video, use the power of sales. And how you get them to change? Because even a couple of years ago, it's still everything is based on email marketing, for example, which I'm not saying is wrong, but that's it. It was a very, they call it cold um, outreach anyways, I mean, because it's very yeah. cold. And salesmen, they don't really have to bring anything from their inside, like not their persona into it. How do you change that, that, that switch in the companies? Like, they're like, look, forget about it. Talk about it. You know what I mean? So 
I think what happened, why, why it's an interesting time right now, especially with video, was that, like you said, we was called outreach. We weren't in a video world. And before, you know, the world changed, a lot of companies didn't use video very well. There was a few very clever companies, but I was actually watching you guys. I was watching what you were doing, right, with this program. I was, really, truly. And I'm like, they're onto something. They're doing it well. Marcos is very effective at what he's doing. They have a plan. Everything's branded. I love it. But when I go into companies now, they went from 12 months ago not knowing what Zoom was to like living in this Zoom box, right? You know how many times, Marcos, I have gone into a meeting or someone's demo and they're in their bedroom and the bed isn't made <laughs> or their angle is all messed up and all I see is their ceiling fan the whole time it distracts you, like right? The grandma angle. <laughs> When she looks into so, it. But it's true, Marco, right? Marcos. So, but the idea is, is that if the basic set, the most basic set, what is this behind me? It's a white wall and I have two lights and I have a webcam. That's it. You know, it's a $140 setup, but it's consistent. So when I do my videos, right, I post videos on LinkedIn, I'm usually wearing a dark shirt and I got the white background. So people immediately understand it what happens is if they've been watching my content and then they come and have a meeting with me everything looks the same they're like wow i just walked I'm into this on tv <laughs> right so just thinking about your setup i mean it's so simple but look at your setup it's professional look you, you guys know exactly what you're doing right now whether you do or don't i don't know <laughs> but that is the appearance that i have because you have this amazing studio I'm just, I'm not in an amazing studio. I'm in a small little office, but again, there's the consistency of how everything looks. So that's why I, where I always start. I always start with what's your setup look like? What are you talking about? And then how are you getting that message out to people? Those are the three core, the three points of the triangle. So even, even with video taking this, um, protagonism right that do you think still some techniques or some things from the like from sales from the old world of sales that you can bring in into video it's not a completely new 100%. thing right so here's something marcos for you people buy from people they like right we've heard that our whole lives it's like sales 101 but people like people who like them okay so Two things. To the first point, people like um, like to buy from people they like. Every time I turn on the camera, it's a big smile. It's engaging. There's energy, right? I might just have my regular day and go through most of the day like this. But when the lights are on, even if it's for a 30, 45-second prospecting video, Marcos, how are you? It's a pleasure to meet you. People buy from people they like. But this is where you get deeper into the layer. I'm talking to Marcos today. I'm going to go through Marcos's LinkedIn profile. And I'm going to find all these Easter eggs, all these things to personalize the experience, to have as much information because we're still selling to people. So that goes to the second point. People like people who like them. If I've done my research on you and I'm like, Marcos, how are you? You know, oh, I saw that you used to work in the cruise business. Oh, you're from Chile originally. Oh, I see you're in Poland. You know what my favorite Polish beer is? Zivitz. What happens now is that if you're on the other end receiving that message, you're like, who is this guy? This isn't a canned message. But what did I do? I took 90 seconds to look through your profile, right, to find those touch points because we're still selling to human beings. 
Even if it's a B2B sale, it's still a business to consumer experience. We're all buyers, even if it's in an elevated corporate environment. Do you, do you find a lot of companies doing uh, the, the good old script? Because I, I know, I mean, we had scripts, but it was the, the way we, we twist them into our own thing that it make the difference. But I know companies I, that I they just- I love that you said that. I love that. Sorry, I'm, I'm, you got me excited. I'm talking. About <laughs> no, but go I for it because I really, I really want to know. Like, like people are still using those. You want to use a script till so you don't need a script anymore. And what I mean by that, I actually did a video about this last week, and I said, you want a script. You want to know your script up, down, left, right. You want to know it like you know your your national anthem because it goes back to what we were talking about of talking from a place of knowledge, right? But when you know it so well. When you're not even thinking about what you're saying because you don't have to because you have the cadence and the tempo and where to pause down, then you can use body language. Then you can use facial features. Then you can even create more engagement to pull people in to get them excited about what you're talking about and paying more attention. And at the end of the day, if you want them to buy what you're selling, they got to pay attention. So I always say, know your scripts. If you're day one at a new job, get your hands on every piece of material So you can talk from place knowledge and be the expert. But then once you know it, instead of having a 30 minute script for a demo, have 10 bullet points by your laptop and just make sure that you've touched on every point. But that allows you to say it in your own words, makes you more engaging, more authentic, more credible. And that's, uh, I hope that's something that is changing because I, I do remember the world of scripts very well. And the, but video, like, How you see you, do you feel, do you see a resistance on companies trying to use videos? Like no, 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 I don't want to put my salespeople on video because they suck or whatever. I mean, whatever reasons they might have. You know what, Marcos? I'll tell you this: I go into a lot of sales companies. We forget sometimes how many people are actually effective salespeople, right? Because there's a lot of people who are in there, um, kind of going through the motions. So the ones who are aggressive prospectors and aggressive throughout the sales cycle, and I say that in a positive way, I don't mean being aggressive with the client, but I mean aggressively being on top of your CRM and, and monitoring your funnel and understanding where everything is happening. Um, those are the people who will take video and see, wow, I have an even more valuable tool now. Now I know how to use it, right? Like if I go down in my garage, I'm not the handiest guy, but my wife is really handy. She's got all these tools and all that. I, I don't even know where to start. Could I learn how to use the tools? Yes. Would I be much more effective at being handy around the house? Yes. But she can be the sales superstar of being handy around the house. She can handle that. I don't need to do that. <laughs> but that's the thing is, again, you know, if you take a skill set like selling with video um, and you're already motivated to be successful, you can run with it. Now, where I come into resistance with companies is more along the lines of how does this become part of the culture? So typically where I have success is where they're already thinking about video, right? And whether that's in from a marketing standpoint of, you know, stuff for your funnel or online presence, or again, whether from a sales perspective, you know, using a great tool like Vidyard or BombBomb to literally just prospect with, with video. It takes me longer almost to send an email than it does to take a quick 30-second intro video and say, hey, You know, I think we should have a conversation. Here's why. What do you think? Right. And moving to, because you're based in Arizona, right? Right now? I live in Phoenix, Arizona, because I grew up in Canada and there's no snow where I live. <laughs> I'm sure that you can't complain about the weather right now. So it's good. Um, but 
there's something, and we talk with with um, other guests that they, they actually are from the U.S. and and there is a culture in the U.S. of capitalism in a good way. The, sure. Everybody can sell. I mean, everybody yeah. has this little selling uh, bug. How do you deal with with uh, when when you do stuff with other countries? I mean, you told me you were having a call with Singapore, for example. Um, countries that they're not really. It's not in their culture to try to sell something. Like how how you make them break that little barrier in there? That's a great question. And I love that you asked that because growing up in Canada, it took me a couple of years to figure out how to sell to Americans. And you're right. What's beautiful about the system in the United States is that people will listen to your 45-second elevator. If you can get in front of them and make it compelling, they'll listen because they want to hear what you have, right? I mean, that's capitalism at its core. But when you're dealing with other countries, like we used to do, right? I mean, when we were on cruise ships, 80% of our audience was from the U.S., but 20% was international. How do I sell to someone from the U.K. or someone from Japan or someone from Australia? Well, I think the key thing is, let's go back to something you already talked about. People buy from people they like and people like people who like them, right? A lot of what I do is selling without selling. I just talk about... I just talk about what I know and I try to give value. And then people are like, oh, that's interesting. I want to I wanna give that kind of value to my clients. So might I step up and be slightly more aggressive if I'm selling to an American prospect? Quite possibly. And again, it depends where they're from in the country because um, each each region is has its yeah, own they have their own. Um, but that's it. If you sell without selling, if you bring value and you bring compelling ideas and you get people excited, you don't have to actually ask for the sale. They'll come to you. And when you, <clears throat> you probably deal with companies like big and small and like corporations or whatever. Um, how's, how's the difference in the culture? Like when you have to deal with a small team for a startup, right? That you can probably handle yourself. Or when you have to sort of train a company that's been doing business for 40, 50, 100 years and they have their system, but they have to update, otherwise they're going to disappear. Like how, how, how is the difference to, to trying to talk to these two different cultures, like the startup world or, or the, the yep. well-established corporation? Well, I think what's interesting when you're talking about selling in any capacity, that's always going to be an in-demand skill because people always need more sales. So when I say, hey, I'm going to help you sell more, we're just going to use video, they're generally quite receptive to it. Um, what's interesting, regardless of the size of company or regardless of how old they are, there's always people who will buy in and think, this is great, let's do this. And there's others who are going to hesitate on the sales team. So the better the champion you have on the management side for your client, the more likely you're going to have success. And that it, whether it's four sales reps or 40 or 400, that's what really matters is having someone who is like, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to be. This is the future, right? Um, and the reality is, is that once everyone, you know, if you're in a competitive sales environment and you've got 39 other sales reps in the same office as you and they're all using video and they're getting traction, it's like, okay, maybe this video stuff actually works. <laughs> There's no better proof. But it does, it does work, Marcos. There is no question that using video works, right? It's just how to use it. It's like any other tool. How do you use the tool to get the best result possible? So if, if you have to talk to a to a company that's just being created, will like would you tell them to forget about the other tools and focus on video or or there's a good balance in 
you, you want to have a base, and, and by that I mean you want to have a good CRM. You want to be able to track what you're doing. Um, and I'll also tell you this. A lot of what I do is video, but there's also a mix of regular email. Um, but what I'm trying to get, especially when it comes from a, the two points where I really use a lot of video is in prospecting because it definitely separates you. I mean, it's a differentiating factor. And the other, this is the one that's missed, is when I'm actually taking people through the proposals. So imagine you have a proposal. Okay. And I want to summarize it in 45 or 60 seconds. Well, if I'm giving you the proposal, Marcos, that's going to be helpful for you, but you're just one person on the company I'm trying to sell to. The opportunity now is if you're if you're my champion and I've built a relationship with you, you're going to pass that video around the rest of your office. So now I might get 20, 30, 40 different people having this great summary of what I'm trying to sell. Well, what a great way to get everyone on board because they're not all going to come into the demo. But if there's a, hey, 45 seconds, we're thinking about buying this, right? Well, that is that is a very good. So that's definitely weapon. a lot better than just sending an email, which a lot of companies still do, right? Right. And now I, I've been watching some of your videos, which they're amazing. I, I really enjoy them. And when you do, and this is more to your specific business, right? When, when you do these videos, you put out a lot of value, a lot of really good tips. Like how you, um, are you not scared of giving everything out just throughout your videos and not having anything to sell afterwards? <laughs> That's a great question. So the reality is, is my videos are little tips, you know, 45 seconds to two minutes on, on stuff that I've used. It's probably about 3% of what's actually in my head on the topic, <laughs> right? But the idea is that I'm giving value. I'm selling without selling. I'm getting people excited about the prospect, about the opportunity. And then I'm like, oh, you, well, here's, three, here's a video on three great tips you're not using right now for video strategy. You should use these. Um, so by giving value, people are like, well, if I'm getting this much value for free, what am I going to get if I pay for it, right? <clears throat> so I think that's the best way to look at it. And then frankly, you know, if I sat down with you for 10 hours, I still can't fill your head with everything I know for all these tactics, strategies, and ideas, right? But what's really important is once I train someone, it's the recurring training, right? So now Marcos has sent out 20 videos. Well, now we got to go through those, right? And then two weeks later, we got to go through those again. And then two weeks later, we got to go through the new ones. And it's that constant building up. But the reality is, is, you know, look, look at what you're doing now. When I met you, you had been in a different department in the cruise industry. You'd been in photography, right? You were there snapping pictures and maybe exactly. selling some pictures. But people were coming inbound because the pictures were all there on the cruise ship, right? Now you had to go and be the voice of sales, right? And this was what? This was five years ago, six years ago, Marcos? It wasn't that long ago. The last time, and yeah, at least five, six years. Oh, wow. But that was the first time you really became like a presenter, right? Definitely, Five yeah. Years. But now look at you, right? Now you're the face of this organization, right? And you've been doing this for years. All you did was acquire those skills, those presentation skills, the, the ability to get in front of a camera, that comfort level, right? I try and get people there really fast. So how do I make an army of Marcos? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it was not, it's not something that you change from one day to the other. It's a constant training. It's a constant doing and trying and failing and getting little wins here and there. 
And I need to but, ask you this. But, Sorry, but, go ahead. What you just said, though, Marcos, the little wins here and there, that's you trying to figure it out on your own, right? So I'll come in and I'll be like, okay, here's all the wins. Here's <laughs> there's you don't need to experiment. Here's the playbook. Let me and let me help coach you through the exact playbook. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, because like you said, I mean, it took me years to be comfortable in front of the camera and just like, hey, hi, everybody. But if if you can have a fast track into it, please pay for it because otherwise you'll <laughs> you'll be saving a lot of time for sure. Listen, you got to think about it this way. You know what? Does paying for it fast track you? Yes, but you'll make more money. <laughs> if it takes you two years to figure it out on your own, or I can get you there in two weeks or two months, that gives you, you know, 22 months. It's a total to investment for sure. Money, right? Um, it's Nick, true though. I mean, you no, think it is. About it, that it is. I mean, but, but that's what happened with, with, with learning. I mean, if you, you can try to learn things on your own, but you're right. It's going to take you time and money. Um, I need to ask you this because this is one of the recurrent, um, things that we talk about is that, well, B2C, B2B, right? You're putting a, a sales guy in front of a camera and he's sending this video to someone. And, but companies, they still make the big difference of, oh, no, 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 we don't do that because we do B2B, for example. And they, uh, we, we, we always try to remind them, like there's always a person in the other side of the phone, the email, the camera. So how do you make, do you make a difference between B2C and B2B or just, or do you just push for, it's a person? Well, you know, when it comes to B2C, it's a much different animal. And when I first kind of moved into the B2B space, it took me a little while to adapt because I went into my first demo and they're like, let's go straight into the agenda. And I'm like, whoa, straight into the agenda. Give me some small talk, right? But the more demos I was in, I'm like, well, this is kind of how it's done. So a couple things. Where the B2C element comes in um, in my mind is again, using video and finding clever ways to get in front of people, right? Who do you actually want to get in front of and how do you get there? That's one thing. The other is, is, um, I was on a demo a couple weeks ago where I sat there, there was eight or nine people on their side. There was four or five people on our side and there was six minutes of dead air, six minutes of just waiting for everyone to show up. Well, what I was doing in that time was going through everyone's LinkedIn profile and finding talking <laughs> points, right? But what does that take? If you're doing a demo, if you're doing a couple demos a week, I mean, that's like your, that's your event, man. That's your World Cup, right? If you're only doing a couple demos a week, prepare for it. No, every person that's going to be in there, take, take, if you take two minutes to look at the five people on their side who's going to be in that meeting, that's a 10-minute investment, now, I'm not saying to go in and try and, you know, woo people or be charming. But you know what? If I realize, Marcos, that you're in Poland, it's going to change the dynamic of the conversation I'm going to have with you. Or that if I see that you worked on cruise ships, it's going to change that dynamic. The biggest one, though, this is the one that everyone misses. In mutual connections on LinkedIn, we always assume it's people from the industry, right? But probably half the time, if you go in there and you actually look at it, you're going to find personal connections. And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, I was just looking so-and-so at your LinkedIn profile. I noticed you're connected to this person. Do you actually, do you, do you know them? They're like, oh, yeah, I worked with this person for five years. I'm like, that's my brother-in-law. <laughs> this, this, but this has actually happened. The whole conversation changed, right? Now, my brother-in-law is a great guy, <laughs> right? But it doesn't mean that I am, but... 
by association, this person now said, oh, well, that's Dale's brother-in-law. He, he must be a good guy, right? Or I like Dale so much, there's a halo effect now that I'm talking to Nick because Dale's such a great guy. So little things like that, that just, that just the, the finding the thread to pull on. Right. I think I use I use that a lot when I talk to um, I talk to people, especially where because we travel so much, right? Uh, because yep. of the work. Yeah. So where are you based? Oh, India and Goa. Being in Goa, I remember uh, Kingfisher, my favorite beer, and the, oh, it's like or, or whatever. Like I'm in Panama. Oh, it's like old city. Yeah, I mean, like I know the bar names or whatever, and bring it up, and it, it changes the whole thing. It changes. Like, oh, wow, you've been you know in my funny, land. Michael? You know what's funny? I have an uncle from Goa in India. <laughs> And that and that blows people's mind. They're like, you don't look. And I'm like, he's married to my aunt, but he's been my my uncle my whole life. But see, you just brought up Goa, random. You picked a random city, right? Well, what's the tie that binds, right? Now, um, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to steal all of the value that you provide. So I want to try to stick to three things that you feel that okay. they're very important for people to, for salespeople to know, and actually for everybody to to know and to bring into a negotiation or to a conversation, a sales conversation. What would you be the top three things that you will try to pass someone? I know there are hundreds value. of things. No, no, no. What value do you bring? Right? Because if I'm not bringing value to the conversation, I can't even get through the door. We like to think that everyone, that we have this amazing solution and everyone wants it, but how do you bring value with that? That's one thing. The second is know your product. Know it up, down, left, right. I said this earlier, like you know your national anthem, but you have to. You know, Mark Cuban, the uh, the U.S. business guy who owns the Dallas Mavericks, he said, when I started selling, I wasn't good at selling, but I sat there at IBM and I read the entire manual front to back. So I knew everything about the product. So I became the de facto expert. So now people didn't want to talk to the really good salesperson. They wanted to talk to me because I knew what I was talking about, talking from a place of knowledge. Um, and then the last is, you know, build genuine relationships. The reality is, is that I'm not trying to just build a relationship with the person I'm trying to sell to. I want them to understand what I do. And I want to make an impression so that they're like, ah, this guy's interesting. Okay. You know what? I, I I'm in a conversation next week about video. I talked to this guy last week, right? So building those genuine relationships, talking from a place of knowledge and bringing value. Those are, those are the three things that, you know, I definitely live by and have been very effective for me. From, uh, from the connections or from the people that you know around, um, what companies or, or people you think sales um, teams they should be looking at? Like what brands are they doing a good job on their sales? Or, what, or which ones are using video properly? You know who uses good video is the video companies like Vidyard and BombBomb. <laughs> um, but the reality is people don't. And I, and I think when we talk about video, okay, I'll put it this way. If you're doing a webinar, a live webinar, Marcos, and you're trying to get 20 people to come, eight actually show up, five of them are camera off, right? Right. Um, but if you have a really good on-demand webinar, I had a meeting cancel. I have 15 minutes right now. Where's your on-demand webinar? Right. Just thinking about your 
going to sell 30 or 40% more of your product by having an on-demand webinar, if you sell through webinars, than just having this, this calendared one, right, on the schedule. Um, just think about that. An explainer video. The problem with technology companies, and I, I work with a lot of technology companies, is they're technical people. They're like, oh, it explains itself. <laughs> the reality is, is the end user needs it to be explained, right? So even if it's just a two-minute explainer video, or people get really wrapped up in, here's the history of our company, and you need to know this about us, and this is so, please, give me three, four points. What do you do? Why is it important? Why is it going to change my business or the way that I work, right? It doesn't take long. You just do it with a smile, right? <laughs> Engaging personality. But it's going to be impactful. When we used to do these live presentations on the cruise ships, there was people that were taking our scripts and doing an hour, hour and 10 minute, hour and 15 minute presentation. I was done in 35. If I couldn't effectively relay my point, it was fluff, right? So a lot of companies use a lot of fluff. And it's because they're afraid. If I don't say this, oh my gosh, I'm going to leave this whole section of the world out. But the reality is, is what's your compelling argument and how do you make it effective and get people excited to have the next conversation about it? So when you say fee, uh, solution over features, it's, it's a for sure thing, right? I mean, because I, you know, well, I, I work with a lot of tech companies too and it's always... Right. The new feature, the new, uh, the technology behind that. But listen, I love technology. I love features. You know, I'm I'm a sci-fi geek, right? <laughs> but what's the solution? <clears throat> Is this going to make me more money? Is this going to save me time? Is this going to blah 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 blah? Right? Um, if I'm using Salesforce as my CRM, there's so many, you know, plugins and Chrome extensions, and okay, great, but. It's a cool feature. It's cool, but how's it going to make me more money? So when I'm talking to people, I'm like, well, here's the, here's the solution. You're going to make more money if you use video consistently. You just got to do it consistently. And I think, too, it's like, you know, I was listening to someone last night in, um, in an AMA and asked me anything. And they were saying, you know, look, at the end of the day, um, oh, so I'm going to try and come back to that thought. Now I lost <laughs> it in space. Because there was a couple of really good things that this guy said, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, no worries, no worries. And sort of to start wrapping up, because um, we're getting to the to the final times. Um, I'm gonna add all of the, all of the details for what you're doing into the description of this video, so people can go and check your videos and and all the material that you that you have. But what do you think is gonna make um, the future of sales? What what do you think is gonna be the next big thing? Is it going to be better video or is it just going to be a different kind of selling? It's going to be augmented reality. You think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and mean, we're already, listen, you know, all our kids already have an Oculus, right? Um, that's, that's the future. How you're going to take your product and make it, you know, tactile and tangible in a three-dimensional world. How do you explain it that way, right? Um, so whether that's, you know, I was actually, I was talking to someone else yesterday and he was talking about technology. This guy worked on, you know, designing um, uh, new products when people have like a product idea. And that was one of the things he was saying is that, you know, you'll have this this mug, which will have a chip in it that'll tell you what temperature this is at. Yeah. Right. 
So, so all these elevated ways of, of explaining things. So is it video? It's, it's going to be three dimensional. It's going to be where I'm trying to get in front of you, but it's going to feel like I'm right there in front of you. It won't be two dimensional. It'll be three dimensional. How that looks exactly. I'm not sure yet, but that's what it is. We're relational as a species, you know? So building those relationships and getting in front of people. But I do think that that, that's virtual reality and augmented reality and that's that's where that's how you're going to sell but it's and, interesting. and that's not 15 years from now that's five six seven years from now but i i like the, the point that you mentioned too that um still we're still humans we still is is not it's not about the technology it's about the socializing closer it's, it's getting the people in front of other people and, and having the same conversation after all the, the sales are going to be the same sales Nick, but Mark, why you and I were good on the cruise lines was because we're relational people. It's natural for us, right? Like this is not me talking about people buy from people they like or you know people like people who like them. That's because of, that's how I'm wired. You know, guys like you and I are wired that way. But you know, if if you're not relational or if you know, so actually, introverts are much better salespeople a lot of times than extroverts for a lot of reasons. Um, but if you take some of those kind of extroverted philosophies and apply them onto an introverted template, um, it's, it can be really interesting. I love this conversation and I, um, I'm, I wish we had more time, but otherwise we could probably going to have a second episode of this one of these days. Nick, it's a pleasure seeing you after all these years, a pleasure talking to you and everybody who, Learn a little bit today. Uh, like I said, I'm going to add all Nick's uh, descriptions in the descriptions of this video. If you learn something, like, subscribe to the channel. And Nick, thank you for coming to the show, man. Anytime, buddy. Great to see you. Such Great a to see you too, man. And for everybody, thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Incoming chat.